The Guru. Find out more at bafta.org forward slash guru. Hello and welcome to this, the second of three special editions of The Guru, recorded in front of a live audience in BAFTA's Piccadilly headquarters. Three days of talks and debates to inspire you into your next creative project. I'm Rihanna Dillon. The next hour will be packed full of fun and fear as we tell you exactly what it's like to work in the television industry. Although we should say that BAFTA is a platform for debate and discussion and any opinions expressed by the panel are their own and are not the opinions of BAFTA. Just so as you know. This is Telly's Room 101. Your host is Andrew Newman. I'm stepping into the shoes uh, of Frank Skinner and for those of you old enough to remember Nick Hancock as a presenter of today's special edition of Room 101. For one night only, we've got a panel of esteemed industry experts who are all up for a row about what they would exile forever to the darkest depths of Room 101. In this case, Room 101 is that yellow bin, uh, the TV <laughs> trash bin. So firstly, we've got uh, Nick Mather. He's, it says here, an Endemol Shine creative type. Sounds I don't know if they have creative types there. Basically, he thinks up ideas all day. He's creative when he eats. Oh. When he talks, <laughs> when he sleeps. I don't know, I have seen some of these uh, Endemol shows. I don't know about that. Um, and he dreams of TV ideas at night. Unfortunately, he may have forgotten them by the morning. Um, it must be exhausting being you, Nick. Welcome, Nick. Thank Please, you. applause for Nick. Um, <laughs> we have the lovely Helen Veal, who's <coughs> creative director at Outline. They make shows like Show Me Your Garden, which... Uh, Sounds smuttier than it yeah, is. I was going to say, <laughs> sounds much more exciting than it actually is. Um, <laughs> Tom Kerridge's best ever dishes. You're probably not aware, though, that uh, Helen currently holds the title of best stand-up. She was awarded at the Edinburgh Festival a few years back in a terrifying session featuring a host of industry figures. And you beat Dawn Porter. I did, yes, yeah. and well, others besides. Yes. And, uh, and lastly, we've got Stephen D. Wright, who is a producer. He's perhaps the only person on the panel whose views we already know because he writes a column weekly in broadcast generally complaining about stuff. You'll remember such lines as, can we trust tomorrow's shows to today's tea? TV must stop reaching for the Z-list celebrities. And I remember when watching TV was better than sex. No, sorry. That was actually said by one of his previous partners. Um, <laughs> and Stephen comes with a health warning. This person may contain swearing. But he's not going to swear, so that will be disappointing. Right. Now, the final decision on each thing will be mine. But first up, we're going to talk about TV programmes past and present. TV programmes past and present. So... Nick, what would you put into the Room 101 yellow wheelie bin? Well, I sort of regret choosing it now because I realise I've never actually seen it. <laughs> but uh, it's the idea of it that just, I mean, just used to sort of thoroughly depress me. And it is... The Hollyoaks Omnibus. <laughs> Three hours of just stuff I just was not remotely interested in. But the net effect of that, particularly on a Sunday morning, I think, when, when I was younger, I'd sort of be hung over and would find a friend kind of just laying on the sofa in my flat. It had this kind of dual effect of, of making me feel like I was kind of hurtling towards the gaping chasm of the grave. 
and also that life was just never going to end. <laughs> and I sort of managed to hold me in those, both those states, of, which led to sort of a sense of total depression. And you'd sort of think, oh, do you know what? I'm going to nip out. I'll pop out. I'll go and do something. I'll go out to the shops. I'll go and, do so I'll go and live my life. And I'll come back and this will all be over. But and it, it wasn't. You come back and it's just watching stuff. I didn't know who was in it. I vaguely remember this guy called Tony. Right. I think it? I think he's now still in it. He's been right. in like since the first episode, but it was just James Corden was in it. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I, I I think you know what? When asked what TV show do I hate, I was thinking, well, if I hate them, I don't watch them. Um, so I don't really hate I don't really hate that many TV shows, but just the idea of this, the fact it existed, and the fact it existed at that particular time for such a length of time on a Sunday morning, just ground me down. <laughs> but it's it's very successful. Uh, I used to be head of entertainment comedy at Channel Four. Yeah, and on. Sunday mornings, any programme that we'd actually commissioned for a T4 mm. never mm. did as well as the Hollywood right, Hollywood yeah. Omnibus. It's yeah. very popular. When it was uh, first on, it was uh, they tried a new thing. Phil Redmond um, pitched it to Channel 4, and it was supposed to be it was not going to have professional actors in it. It was going to have right, models right. and good-looking people. Yeah. And who, when did they stop that policy, or is it yeah. still uh, part I don't of know, the operation? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they still kept that. In a way, it's not even the content. In a way, I, I just have never seen it's it. So how duration. can I possibly criticise it? I mean, it is a duration. It is a duration. But I've, I guess of something I just was not interested in at a time on a Sunday where I could have really used something to kind of hunker down into and kind of and kind of watch with a with a hangover when, when in my late twenties. Say. And they've replaced it with people cooking. Is that more or less exciting? Uh, do you know what I didn't notice? Okay, we've heard that. So, yeah. Helen, over to you. What's your particular bugbear that's on telly? Actually, isn't on telly anymore, thank God. How to look good naked. How to look good naked. Presented by Gokwon, featuring lots lots of women who apparently are underconfident in their lives and uh, having difficult times. And the one prescription for that is, get your tits out. <laughs> except, <laughs> you know, get, except mm. as if we didn't have enough words to describe tits, norks, you know, jugs, bangers. jubblies, bangers. Okay. Bangers. So, Next time you want to remind me things aren't as bad as they really are, do not put my tits and ass on a car, please. Buy <laughs> me a glass of wine, pat my knee. Give some background here. So there were four series of this. This is in inverted commas, so I presume it's uh, from a press release. Inspirational series designed to build a woman's self-esteem. Uh, some of Gok's favourite catchphrases include bangers, alongside girlfriend, and his constant overuse, I think that's slightly judgmental, it might be just the right <laughs> amount of use, of the word gorgeous. You were often in gok shock and treated to an experience with your fairy gok mother. Uh, it's, airy, it's aired in other countries. Unfortunately, uh, the pun mine went dry four years ago, and that's why they had to cancel well, the series. in Belgium, it's called Nicely Naked. In Sweden, <laughs> it's called Schnugnaken. <laughs> which uh, presumably is in Swedish, and in Italian, it's called Nude Ebel. Weren't they just trying to do a fun show about fashion that was generally about women's self-esteem? It spawned so many of these imitators, the idea that the one thing you need to do to become more confident and more happy in your life is walk about half-naked. I've just thought, do something else. Read a book, acquire a skill. You don't have to parade around in your scanties in order to have self-esteem and a good quality of life. And uh, it just drove me absolutely mad. The fashion advice was atrocious. And, uh, you know, he just seemed to buy something cheap and sew some rick-rack braid around the top of it. Put a bit of detailing on, says Gok. 
And when he obviously contemplated what he was going to do about looking good naked, he chose to lose an eighth of his body weight, didn't he? I mean, he used to be a big lad, didn't like it, decided to become incredibly thin. And supposedly that was his inspirational advice to women. Just get your tits out and march about. It just drove me crazy in every every way. Did you think the title was slightly misleading? Well, the title was there. Nobody ever got naked. Nobody ever got naked. (laughs) The title was there essentially proving perhaps, forgive me, your gender, oh men, that you're a little bit dim, and that week after week, <laughs> it was a sort of one of the shared viewing peaks of the Channel 4 <laughs> Features stable, because people say, oh, I don't want to watch a fashion show. Oh, it's got the word naked in it. <laughs> and they would sit and watch, perhaps rubbing their thighs, waiting week after week after week for some, for, for some nipple. Do you think that's why it only went on for four series? I think so. Eventually, men were like, hang on, I've watched four series, four series of this. I'm not watching it anymore. You know, you know there's a, a new show on Channel 4 starting soon called Naked Attraction. Yeah. Well, maybe that will have naked people. That one will have naked people in it. Naked dating. If you want to see naked, watch that one. If you want to see naked, don't watch this one. The thing I always hate about those sorts of shows as well is like, just the opening bit of monologue, but I'm on a mission. Yeah, no, you're not. Because it's sort of like, I'm in Colchester. I'm on a mission to make women feel good. I'm on a really high day rate for my presenting services. So, Stephen, tell us about your choice. My show is a great idea. It was a great idea. It sounded like it was brilliant. It sounded like it had the best cast ever. It was E's first scripted drama show. And I stuck with it for three episodes until I just binned it. And that was The Royals. The Royals. This is Liz Hurley as Queen Helena with her twin children. (laughs) I'm sorry. Prince Liam, who becomes the heir to the throne. the daughter Cordelia, I think it is, or Ophelia, or something like that, who has an affair with an American security head, as if the royal family would employ an American, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, or call their son by a Catholic Irish name, Liam. I mean, the facts were just terrible. It was such a great premise. This is the problem. It was going to be trashy telly that you laughed at, but it was just bad telly, and that is a crime. It is. For a start, they don't allow you to do a piece of camera next to the coffin of the king. You know, there's a slight factual inaccuracy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, but, uh, to give a bit of background, I don't think this is uh, necessarily uh, intended to be a documentary about the royals. Um, <laughs> no, a little bit it's of realism. It's the first scripted drama on the E! Network. Uh, apparently, it takes viewers into a fictional British monarchy where drugs, sex, blackmail and backstabbing abound unlike the unlike. real royal family. Yes. Um, and one American critic said, the trash meter soars when Elizabeth Hurley's on screen. I don't know if that is well, just in relevant. I think that's universal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's just about this. And then sags when she's off. So any programme that improves... Oh, no. Oh, no. Killed, killed himself. Just uh, himself. No. And there's just too much sag here. I don't know, that looked quite good. I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> looks excellent. Just watching yeah. it in a little concentrated yeah. dose like that, especially in the first episode, you think this is fantastic. Yeah. And then yeah. after an hour, you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll watch it next like week. And then the second week, you're like, oh. And it's just not very funny. It's not very funny, it's not very clever. And that sort of mad characterization, I mean, the, the Eugenie and Beatrice are actually genuinely funny. They are mm. funny. The bisexual <coughs> uncle who's shagging the security guard or what, anyway. And then they cast Joan Collins to, to play the Queen Mother. I mean, you make it, it sound better. Everything you say, I'm fucking selling it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's this is like, like a trash. It sounds great, but it's boring yeah. as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I am swearing. But that's the problem. But it's the all about. So yeah, it just was. It's, it's all about <laughs> the kind of comics. Yeah, yeah. And the thing about TV, you know, we love trashy TV, mm. but not dull TV. Mm. And that's what it's. It's a dull show. It should have been made better. 
Okay. Well, it, it, it looks exciting rubbish. Um, <laughs> just get a temperature of the audience. Who would like to see Hollyoaks uh, binned? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> how to look good naked? <laughs> and the Royals. <laughs> well. Like, like the Royals, uh, I don't think this is completely a democracy, but uh, mm. I would like to be in touch with public opinion. And I think that uh, don't know, the Royals I haven't seen, but it looked absolutely excellent, and I'm going to be checking it out <laughs> after Stephen's endorsement. Hollyoaks, it sort of seemed, I don't know, people called it Hangover TV, either because it made you feel sick or because it was just on, on the background on Sundays. But I think that... Um, how to Look Good Naked probably is the one that I would pick, mainly because the uh, title was misleading and it took me four <laughs> series to, um, to find out. Also, hey. as somebody who's quite interested in fashion, I disagree with you. The fashion <laughs> advice was terrible and mainly involved somebody doing a uh, catwalk in Debenhams. So uh, I think uh, let's uh, put Room 101 into the bin. No, let's put um, How to Look Good Naked into the bin. <laughs> industry. We're now going to talk about gripes in the industry. So what really gets you going about this ego-driven, backstabbing, shallow, yet simply wonderful industry of ours? <laughs> this is where we get into the nitty-gritty of how the industry works. Uh, it could be a blanket policy which makes no sense, or pretentious TV speak which drives you mad, or a long-standing industry tradition which needs to be thrown out. Stephen, uh, you could go first. Apparently, you had a much longer list, I did, which yeah, we had to ask you to trim down. So, uh, a bit disappointed that what, if you had to choose one thing, <laughs> this, and it's this not is, allowed to be Chris Evans... This is, um, no, this is, probably, this is probably the central gripe of uh, my life in TV, and that is the phrase, and the meaning behind the phrase, the talent. The talent. Uh, Possibly, I'm assuming you understand what I mean when I say the talent. So I don't know if I have to explain it, but I think it's an incredible insult to people behind the camera to refer to the people in front of the camera as the talented ones. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really need to go into any more detail. I always thought they meant me. God, it's really disappointing to hear it's that. not God. you. <laughs> You know, when they talk about people, the talent list, and what's a talent, who's a yeah. talent? Well, talent's sitting in front of you in the fucking yeah. office, talking to you about yeah, the yeah. show. No, no, you mean the turn. What, what, what do you think, what do you <laughs> the think they turn. should be called? The Northern Working Men's Club's got it right. They're a turn. The meat puppets. Well, that's, probably, that's too generous, as far as I'm I think the turn, not the talent. Do you not think talent. that uh, they had brought back TFI Friday without Chris Evans, or if... Uh, it wasn't Peter Kay's, but somebody else's uh, comedy shuffle, or if it was not Anton Deck doing Saturday Night so Takeaway, but had the same brilliant. Uh, this isn't to items. say that people aren't talented. It's, but do you not think the public the, watch it's because the insulting uh, sort of uh, distinction between the people in front of the camera and the ones behind? Most presenters say what we write. They do what we tell them to do. If only. Well, you know, they walk and talk, and that's what they're paid for. But they say what I tell them to do, and I hire them. They're not the talent. 
Uh, I well, am. I, <laughs> <laughs> I do think we need to be uh, a little bit less thin-skinned about it, don't we? We don't need our backs patting. We don't need our egos fluffing. We enjoy what we do. Do you? Well, <laughs> I mean, maybe not all of us do. I do think that there can be an imbalance in how these things are regarded. But I do think it's a very difficult job to be that side of the camera. And some people are absolutely dreadful and very difficult to work with and need all the really? fluffing that you can give them. Other people are just Surely delightful not. and bring a real charm. And you might have written the words, but they do add a different meaning and impact when the right person is there. Uh, bring the right welly to it. So it, that isn't one that really yeah, I think that's me point, that which one. is to say, it's, it's, of course they're talented. And that's mm -hmm. why they're, that's why they're, they're on, on telly and that's why people like watching them. But it is the use of the word to dis to, yeah. as to make them as distinct mm. from those that are actually also working on the show. Mm. So there's, the, the what is the word the that therefore describes the people making the show? The ones that found the story, the ones that booked people, the, one that, yeah. the ones that are behind the camera, the ones that are doing everything. It's just a language of it, I think. It's slightly it's sort exactly of divisive. That. It's a linguistic term. And do you not think there are certain people who are on screen and also do come up with the ideas and do make the shows no. come to life? <laughs> I do. Yeah. No. No? Yeah, well, there very are. few. Yeah. There are. Okay. I, I, I very few. I mean, you know, you're talking less than 10%. 90% of these people are brain-dead puppets on sticks <laughs> that are basically being pushed by us with the end of a long stick. You do you think I mean? there's... Somebody else who could We're talking have... in their ears, for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, we're telling them what to say. Like you are being right now. No, he's talking in my ear. I'm, I'm wondering whether it's even works. saying that. <laughs> and I don't think anybody's thinking I'm talent either. But um, do you think that Phoenix Knights, there is anybody else who, you know, Peter Kay wrote that? This is a serious that. argument. I'm not really talking about a comedy writer. Okay. Who's also present I'm talking about presenters. Okay. What presenters about Presenters are referred to do as the talent. Do you think that... Uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, would be as good with somebody else who I won't name because it would be rude. Uh, do you mean to present? Yeah. Probably as good if they've got, as, you know, if they've got a lady C type the same character level of or whatever in, mm. you know, going off and performing like the performing monkeys they are on reality shows these right, days. Okay. This is not about why do we use celebrities. You know, so no, 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 I'm not talking appeal. about that. I'm saying about Ant and Deck being yeah. the talent. But no, no, Ant and Deck are talents, but they're not exec producers. But it's the use of the word, isn't it? If there are two Andrews yeah. sat there and I said, they say oh, they are, but they aren't. that's nice, Andrew. Mm. You go, oh, what, am I not nice? Oh, well, of course you're nice, but we're calling that guy nice, Andrew. Right, OK. <laughs> and it's sort of, I think the point you're making is like, well, they're talent, but we're the talent, so why are we using the word talent to describe them? Because mm. what does that say about us? Not, it, I don't think... No, exactly. It's more, it's, I think more, that's your it's point. not so much that they're the talent, it's that you're not the talent. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> the audience understood that five minutes ago, Andrew. Yeah, OK. They're the talent. So, Nick, what really winds you up about the industry? Um, so, when you get a commission, which is a soul-destroying siege to get to that place in the first place, um, and you don't, enjoy many mo you don't get to enjoy many moments along that journey because it's sort of, oh, it's, is it going to happen? It isn't, you know, I'm it's never very clean where someone just says, I love it. It's always a kind of crunching journey to kind of get them. They suddenly want to do it, and then they say, send us a list of presenters. Presenter lists. And it's compiling presenter lists <laughs> for new shows that just drives me absolutely berserk. <laughs> and I sort of just wish that there existed. But I tell you what annoys me about it most is the fact that they ask you for this list, and you're sitting in a room, and you're coming up with ideas, and then someone will say, Pete Rondre, and someone will go, oh, that's a good idea. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> 
Someone was bound to say that at some point. Well, was anybody ever say that? Because, because yeah, Peter Andre, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just sort of, I just feel like there should just be a master list that we can all use <laughs> and just highlight the names that and we where like. would Peter Andre come on that? <laughs> very high. Very high. Very high. And then just send, or even better yet, they highlight, the channel can highlight. Isn't it like, more of a flow diagram? Of, isn't it more of a flow diagram of would they do it? No, in that case we want them. Would yeah. they do it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, we don't really want them. I mean, I've heard yeah. stories of, you know, the channel want Madonna and then it's kind of, oh, it's a no from Bruno Brooks, you know. Yeah, so yeah. I, I don't know what to do here, you know. I remember I had one particular uh, a moment actually of a show. We developed a, a, a show and we thought, I'll tell you, it be it's actually not exactly the same sort of case because he's a sort of specialised piece of talent. But we thought John Ronson would be absolutely brilliant. Mm. He'd, be, he'd, make, he'd just make the show work in terms of what book he was doing at the moment and the show we had. We thought this is absolutely perfect. So we got in contact with his agent and um, got an email back saying, John is interested. We're like, well, fucking hell. Like, put these two things together and we basically got a commission. Mm. Great, great, like we're actually sort of celebrating in the room. About two seconds later, got an email saying, oh, I'm really sorry, I meant John isn't interested. It's <laughs> 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 it just like, oh. <laughs> And like that, it's gone. But oh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just sitting around, sort of. The irony is though, the presenter list you're asked to compile, you take it to the channel, they've already got their that's list the and they won't even agree yeah. to, they yeah. know anyway. Yeah, that's you should say, Tell me who you want to present. Exactly, that master list. They yeah. should just you mark know. up who they like you know, and we'll go and see if they want to do it. Us. Let's get this master list off the ground. Because yeah. <laughs> compi everyone's compiling these lists every time a new show starts. All these lists starts. just the list just of the people same. who've just been on TV. Who've been on TV yeah. before yeah. and it's yeah, gone all right. And they just, it's just always the same list. Or like if it's a kind of... So sure that a, makes it easy as an indie. You just print off the list. Yeah, I But the resources of Endemol can get a list together from the radio. Everyone behaves as though it's a new conversation where Peter Andre is suddenly a good idea again. Or it's like... No, come on, we were bound to say that at some point. And, and do you not uh, think that sometimes you go, oh, actually, that was surprising. Yeah, that that, so we did a show recently, yeah. but again, it came from the channel. So we did a pilot and ITV said, why don't you use Warwick Davis? We didn't have him on any of our little lists. And actually, he was brilliant and he was the perfect choice for the show. I was thinking there's a sort of moment where people get wind of, oh, Dora O'Brien, like science. And so yeah. like, suddenly everyone's coming up with science shows for Dora O'Brien or, or Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe's really into archaeology. You know, it's sort of like, <laughs> like, get out there, Daniel Radcliffe, mm, archaeology. Mental yeah, note. Um, so there are those That's sorts of moments as well. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah So yeah, I just find it an incredibly frustrating process. I think as a, as a creative to develop a show, you don't, it feels slightly kind of soul-destroying to think, actually, after two years' work, everything hangs on the balance of like, mm. oh, do they want that host or not? Will John Ronson do it? Will John Ronson do it? And he isn't interested, just to be clear. <laughs> that, that's what it said yeah. on the tin. <laughs> Helen, what's... Oh. Buzzwords. Uh, I couldn't really fit the whole sentence. Buzzwords in those briefings that you go to with broadcasters. So you, uh, you know, oh, it's great. The documentary department has invited us all in. We can hear what they want and it will really help guide our development. We won't waste our time on, you know, hours of useless work. They'll tell us at the briefing, and instead what you get is a list of buzzwords. My favourite <laughs> briefing ever was where we were told what we want is programmes that smell of modern Britain. <laughs> and I thought, what is that? Balsamic vinegar? Dog shit? Aerial pods? I don't know what modern Britain smells like. Celebrity farts. Celebrity farts <laughs> in a lift. At the moment, everything has to be authentic and organic. Now, 
it's telly. None of it's really authentic, because as soon as you put cameras or a fixed rig or anything there, you know, as soon as you observe something, it isn't quite the same as the pure thing in its state. And yet you're, uh, uh, the people who are telling you everything's got to be organic and authentic are also greenlighting because you go, fucking hell, that's absolutely yeah. mental. <laughs> and there's no resemblance to anything true or honest or sincere in the world. But anyway, the, 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 the buzzwords, I mean, do you, any buzzwords that you guys particularly? I'm um, trying to remember them because authentic it's is one authentic is one, one of them. Binary. Binary. Oh, yes. Binary is a good one. Uh, Doesn't non -binary. mean anything. Non binary. Yeah. Innovative? Innovative. Innovative. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you Genre busting? Genre busting. I think broad could be broad. 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 broad is annoying. It's got to be broad. And I think well, usually because that's supposed to take measure after something's a hit. Yes. Well, you know, the BBC's full of this one, and the one I was just working there recently, and just as I left, I figured out. What lean back and lean in oh, television? Oh yes! Oh, and that yes. was the big thing from, uh, bacon, from Tim, it? I think yeah. it was. <laughs> bacon. Who's no longer there? So <laughs> lean back if you was. Put bacon on. Hang on. So this is talking, talking in a schedule term. <laughs> so they would go into meetings and they would say, "Yeah, but on a Tuesday, it's more sort of lean back television." Yeah. And you go, "No, no, I think, I think it's actually lean in on a Tuesday, <laughs> lean back on a Monday." And you think, and you're oh. like that, and you're going. Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so apparently, yeah, yeah. lean back is when you go. Oh. <laughs> And you don't really care, and you sort of let it wash over you. But lean in is, oh, that's a bit interesting. And that is how they commission programs. At the what, about, <laughs> what about lean out? When you've had too many drinks after a broadcasting briefing, and you have to hang out of the window of the cab like that. Ah. But those, and the thing is, just as you get that term, it changes, it changes. again with the net control. Or the yeah. And they come in, and I think toasty, more, yeah. toasty's one that's being used at the toasty? moment. Toasty? And I don't know what that means either, but I've heard that a few oh, times. I've heard cake toasty. mentioned. Cake. Yes. Cake, cake being the kind of... Cake is the universal, like a bake-off works, therefore yeah. it's got cake, therefore what, so programs like a, need to be... We're looking for programs that are like cake. Kind of cake quality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, has cake. anybody in the audience heard of some uh, buzzwords that we haven't come up with here? Splashy. Splashy. That's very sure good one. Noisy. Yeah. Noisy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Noisy. Perennial on that one. Noisy. That's just to do yeah. with the volume, yeah. Then, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. The terrible thing is, I hang my head in shame, I write these things down, and then I put them in the pitches in this noisy, aspirational yeah. format. Yeah, yeah. And that's Guaranteed perfect. to make the audience lean, lean in. Oh, oh, sorry, I went in. Appointment of you. That probably works for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're giving you a, a hand. Giving I mean, me a hand. Having been a broadcaster, there, there probably is some <laughs> truth in this. It's also, you, if you, the briefings are a good way to tell people what you want and uh, people feel they should have access and stuff. If you just went, well, I work for Channel 4, so I want shows that are going to rate well on Channel 4. It would be a very short and rather unsatisfying event. So but it's no, more, just, it's no more or less satisfying than the phrase, shows that smell of modern Britain. At least you feel it goes on for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> smell of modern Britain, okay. It's impossible to so, say what you want, isn't it, is the problem. Like, as soon as you start trying to articulate it, yeah, People well, start giving you exactly I that. Mean, I think but if, you, if you're trying to <laughs> describe this concept of lean-in, so tell me what you mean by it. Tell me that you want yeah. programmes that, that, you know, that have strong characters in them, that have emotional storylines that make people want to come back week after week. Don't break it down. Either mm. don't bother to break it down and just say, I want to show that rates thank you very much and yeah. don't come back until That's you've got one. That's all they really want Or break it down a, a bit more so that it works. <laughs> but it's all, the sort all of they want is talking a hit. Around it. I would like a hit, please. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's what they're thinking when you go in, by the way. They look at it and they go, we don't like that. It's because it's not a bad idea. It's because they don't think it's going to be a hit. That's but have it. they not also that been briefed by right now. <laughs> the marketing department or are they sort of 
doing the bidding for the channel controller or the see that actual information of what the marketing department department wants we don't get any we don't mm. we don't get a sniff of that no. and that would be really helpful it might not be true it maybe they've just got a focus group in leeds and mm. somebody says mm. i want more shows about uh leeds ice hockey or something um that was the thing at channel five when i worked there that they we were told we need to do loads and loads of shows but there was a picture of <laughs> the specialist sports like ice hockey and um Kevin like I said, was there one person who <laughs> said they liked ice hockey? And there was a bit of a... Um, and I think basically one yeah. person was an ice yeah. hockey fan, yeah. which is possibly a problem yeah. with marketing. Okay, um, I think all of those things are, are very valid. I think, uh, Stephen, you're right. Uh, the Calling the on-screen uh, face of a programme the talent is um, annoying. However, I suspect that sometimes it's true, particularly when the, the person on screen really makes something come to life. I also think that it's partly that by calling <coughs> them the talent, there's a bit of a dig at us for not being the talent. Um, and that might have something to do with it. I think those buzzwords are annoying, but uh, as I said, I think it's quite difficult to really say what you want because it would only take a sentence. We want good shows that people love. And if you've invited everybody to come in for a briefing, that would seem a bit of a swizz. So you have to say authentic, organic, and toasty, I've never heard, which uh, I'm definitely going to put in every pitch <laughs> that we do now. Um, but I do think that, Nick, I would say presenter lists seem particularly pointless because I'm sure everybody who's uh, doing them gives the same people. Mm. And there is a thing that the people who the broadcasters want are probably already on the channel. Mm. and doing a list of people is a completely, uh, it's a pointless thing because you probably won't, just because you've written them down, no, doesn't yeah. mean you've got them. I've, no. I've sort of sent them in to <laughs> broadcast and they say, well, well, could you replace them with Stephen Fry? And you think, yeah, it doesn't mean I've booked him, it just means I've written it on a bit of paper. So I think uh, presenter list oh, should go to them. Audience picks. Well, now, uh, we've had the panel uh, choosing things that they would put into the Room 101 bin, um, uh, but we have also asked the audience, and I've got uh, some of the things that the audience have said here. First up, commissioners who wish they were programme makers. Those commissioners may listen to the uh, BAFTA What podcast. I find more annoying is commissioners who become programme makers. You spend all that time sort of all fluffing them and trying to get to know them. Then they leave and set up a bloody indie. It does you do good. Presumably they were, well, that I couldn't the probably, probably talk about either of those things, <laughs> yeah. but they presumably were previously commissioners who wished they were programme makers and then became programme makers. Yes. So commissioners who wish they were programme makers. I guess this is about people who are commissioners interfering too much. Mm. Sounds like it, mm. yeah. Any experiences of that? I've got a very bad one. I can't name names. Is it me? Um, not you. <laughs> okay. no, you're pretty bad, but yeah. Um, yeah, Andrew's one of those people that sort of notices everything, so you have to be on your game with Andrew. No, I had a commissioner who's basically bored. He doesn't really commission very much, and so when he did commission you, he basically wanted to play with his toys, and that's our job. Yep. And it took ages to realise, oh, hang on, he just wanted to be involved in everything. And then it, could, it, just, it was, you know, the politics of it. Where if you said something, it became his idea. If you mentioned something with him, you know, and, it, so it, hmm. it, it, and of course he does this with all his various, one particular person, we all know. Um, <laughs> so they're not mainly that bad. This was mainly because he was bored. Right. He wasn't busy enough. Yeah. No, normally you're, you're saved by this because if they're busy commissioners, they don't have enough time. They might in, interfere right at the beginning 
and then right at the end. But most of the time, they leave you to it. Mm. And that's sort of, we kind of, you can live with that balance. But when they sort of want to be on the shoots, I mean, that fucking drives me mad. You know, why a commissioner should come on a shoot? God, mm. they are bored when they do that. I mean, I don't is mind commissioners good, being involved. Yeah. Is I mean, it ever a good thing? I, mean, I, I think it's good. Depend, I mean, it sort of depends on how they're involved, who it is. And if I have a, a bugbear with it, it's if they want to be involved and then you make decisions together. And that's all, that's all great. That's all part yeah. of it. And then if something goes wrong, then they don't really want to be involved anymore. And if it didn't quite <laughs> work out, then it was kind of your fault. And, and I always feel in that situation, and would it have been my fault if it had worked? And, 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 and so, <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, commission involvement, I, have, I don't have necessarily anything against. I think they can make a project better. And it's always, I think, good to have another pair of eyes on something. That's kind of why they're there. And I think it could be useful. And you get very close to these projects and having someone, I think if they're not too involved, they can actually be stood back and say, hey, why don't you think about it that way? And that could be really helpful. And I'd welcome that. But as I say, if you are going to do it, let's all, let's all be in it together. Getting the balance right of when they're, of when they're in it mm. and when they are outside looking in, it, it, it can vary across shows i don't like it when you're sort of i like to share I, what do you, do you like this do you like that oh you know make sure that you've got buy-in with everything mm. all the way along i don't like sort of being ignored at that point so that you're sort of forced by schedule mm. to make decisions that then can be disavowed if they don't go the right way i don't like people who really 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 hang back and then when you've spent all the money and you're in the last mm, week of the changes. edit mm. weighed in and want mm. like like oh well you know why have you got three people in it not mm. two well, there was always three people in yeah. it, all the way yeah, along. Yeah, yeah. It was always three from the beginning. Yeah. I like a really good constructive relationship with them. Often they are, they are experienced program makers. Often they're pretty good at yeah. it. And the fact that they're not right up to their eyes in it in the way you are if you're producing something or executing something, it can be quite helpful. But, I, the, but the wishing to be program makers, the thing I don't like about it is the leaving, being commissioners and becoming program mm, makers. Because mm. I, I don't like change. I yeah. don't like change. I want I them think, to stay where I they are. I don't have to leave eventually, otherwise. No, they must stay where they are. They must die in office. <laughs> I think stay the there. difficult thing about it is, is look, they're the customer, uh, yeah. in, uh, and and they they will want it a certain way. And you know, if I was getting my, it's maybe a bad example. If I was getting my kitchen done or something, and then a guy came in and was doing it, and going, look, I've just put all that stuff there. I didn't really ask you about it. Is that okay? <laughs> was that actually no? I did sort of want it the other way, and I probably am going to slightly interfere in that process because <laughs> I kind of want it the way I want it too, because it's my fucking kitchen thing. <laughs> and I think I think it's that, a very good analogy. Yeah, yeah, programs are uh, very and, like kitchens. And of course, we t- you know we never ready on time. <laughs> um, and as creatives and as program makers, we, you know, we want it to be our vision, and that's just always the tricky balance. Okay. Next up, somebody said poverty porn. Yeah, People that, fans that, of poverty porn. I think everyone that, finds no, that annoying, don't they? Yeah. Television isn't necessarily the most diverse of industries on all sorts of scores. And I think metrics around who's posh and who's not posh don't really get looked at in telly. And the idea of lots and lots of posh people making money from and, and posh chortling the producers at, and the broadcasters. Yeah, at, at the documenting in a very slanted way of the lives of people who struggle. I really find it very difficult, very distasteful. I, mean, I think the part of the problem is in the words there, isn't it? I mean, I don't think anyone would say poverty porn is a good thing. No, I guess it is <laughs> quite a um, <laughs> But a, a programme that looks at that part of the world per se, I don't think I necessarily have a problem with. It is, I suppose, when it starts to feel exploitative that you then have questions and that's, so I think, what when it be becomes... What would an example of a poverty porn programme then? Benefit Street. That's the classic. Mm. Is it? But Channel 5's schedule at the moment is full of it. Channel 4, weirdly, has stopped doing it and started doing billionaire bonanzas, which I think is even more boring. You know, (laughs) they're just dull, you know, nobodies who've Mm. got money. 
It's uh, there's very little sort of social realism. This is not or, driven or by interest. the ratings, like that. Uh, it's it's weird. So supposed to be a briefing where Chad Four said, "What really works is programs about very rich people." Mm. So is that not the audiences? There's, there's loads and loads of programs about billionaire uh, interior decorators at the, the moment. Super rich. Billionaire yeah. this, billionaire. It's like they're so dull. Rich people In actual fact, dull. I have one going on air on uh, Monday at seven thirty. <laughs> it's called Love that one. Of I bloody love, I bloody love them. Posh <laughs> neighbours at war. Right. Check it out. Seven thirty, <laughs> Channel Four. Oh, well, there you go. Affluent podcast. Okay. Yeah. And then, lastly, from the audience. Um, this is quite a specific. Uh, executive producers who view offlines on trains. <laughs> Don't know who that was, but... Uh, oh, and then it's got, yeah. come into the edit and talk to us with a smiley face. Basically, you've got commissioners who are oh, too involved king. and exec producers who are... Not involved. Not involved. Well, I don't know. I don't recognise that as an exec. You always have to go in the edit suite and have a conversation. You have to find out why people have made the choices that they've made. It can feel really dispiriting. I feel sometimes we get this a little bit from when our broadcasters, you know, maybe it's your final sign-off, they're too busy to come into the suite and they will send you some notes. Somehow that feels a bit of a sort of, a bit of a scant way to repay the amount of effort that, you've, that the team have put in. So I would always go into the suite and have a viewing, unless it was something that was really, really, really in disarray and you've done the, the normal number of viewings and you're trying to fit extra viewings in, in which case watching them after hours and then going in to have the conversation might give the team more chance to work and less, you know, it, it can feel frustrating if you have to sit and watch it at that point. But I definitely don't think it's on just if you are the exec on a project, not to be courteous enough to the people who are working hard to go and look them in the eye and well, tell them how you feel about things that are basically about people who don't do their job very well. Which, yeah. uh, I think it depends on the show on that one, though. I'm having to move on. So oh, okay. uh, I'm <laughs> going to get you three, the audience of... Uh, Chosen these, so I think it's unfair to to ask them. But what would who would go for poverty porn? I would go for that one. Yeah, I would go for that one. And who would go for commissioners who think they're program makers? I would go for that one. So <laughs> nobody's going to go for exec producers who view on trains, though. <laughs> that does seem does slightly seem aloof. Uh, can we pass this down sure. and put poverty porn into your one? The wild cards. So, wildcard, you've been able to choose anything about TV. It could be something about the industry, a particular programme, a particular talent. Right. Nick, what should go in? And this is just all riding on this. <laughs> Instant Twitter feedback. Instant Twitter feedback. So, not even being able to enjoy... Quick when your show goes out, whether, whether people like it or hate it, and just being told instantly... Is it only instant Twitter feedback if it's bad? Yes, it, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's actually quite good when it's bad and it's someone yeah. else's show. <laughs> but it's like that moment where you've sort of just slogged your guts out, you sit down, before Twitter was around, you could ask your friends, they'd say, oh yeah, no, we think it's good actually, we really like it. You'd at least have one day. Yeah. yeah. And if the Twitter feedback is good, do you yeah. quite like it? Yeah, but so you're basically yeah, you saying democracy and criticism is a bad thing. No, but it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> when you hear the good stuff, you don't bloody believe it anyway. So it's just sort of like, you go, oh, yeah, but is it? Or oh, I don't know, but we're going to find out the way it's more. But when someone slags it off, I think it cuts to the quick a bit more. You just don't have one day's grace to sort of think. People are really bloody enjoying this, actually. See, I mean, <laughs> Pete that, show, that people absolutely loved. It was fantastic. <laughs> and then we had... Uh, Balls of Steel, which used to rate quite well, but the people who'd watched Peep Show would say, Channel 4 has undone all the good they've done by making Peep Show with this dreadful thing. So it was a sort of holistic, you know, we love you, we hate you, it was all there. So, okay, do, what do you two think about Twitter feedback? It, well, it is, it's sort of hot air bullshit, basically. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, um, it's people shouting mm. in, next to their computers, yeah. and they're not really... Uh, you know, rational human beings. Yeah. Unless they like it. 
My no. Twitter feedback is it can be a false friend. It's I just don't get make make programs that you like. Do your best, make them work, and let's not be too thin-skinned about how they are received out there. I a friend of mine, a friend of mine worked at the BBC, and they collected all of the comments. I'm not going to say who he was at the show. Collected all the comments that have been on Twitter about his show, and then put into what this thing's called a wordle. And it's oh like dear. you know these. So the biggest word is the word that's most repeated, and then all the yeah. other words. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And he just showed me it. Just held it up. He's got it framed in his house, and just like a stick of rock right through the middle. Wasn't the word also rubbish? <laughs> <laughs> just some huge letters. It may have been a program. <laughs> Okay, Helen, what would you put in oh, as your wild card? It's Ben Elton, you say, a little bit political. John Whittingdale. John Whittingdale. Yeah. Uh, my, oh. my um, one reason I've just realised... He's, he's behind you there, look there at that. Oh, 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 how creepy. The only reason I, I might change my mind on this, Room 101 might be a little bit like a dungeon, and perhaps you might be a little bit of oh, yes, there, yeah, yeah, but I do feel that the simultaneous attempt to privatise Channel 4, even this morning news about Whittingdale commenting on charter renewal that the BBC shouldn't be allowed to schedule popular programmes no. against popular oh, yeah, programmes yeah. elsewhere. Not if ITV's got a crazy. big series it wants to be rating. The BBC wants a series to be rating, the BBC shouldn't be allowed to put anything oh. good up against it. Did he actually it. say that though? That's what it says yeah. in the Daily Mail. I don't feel he's a cultural secretary who's got TV in his heart. I don't think he's going to bat for us. We all but work very hard, he knows it's a, a massive about industry, and uh, I think we should be praised and supported and not sort of tormented the, and harassed. As the previous chair of the Broadcasting Select Committee, he's unusual as a culture secretary who knows a lot about television, though. So why is he trying to do in the BBC and Channel 4? And Stephen, lastly, wild card. You've changed it today. The Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the champagne now. Go on, you've got to, you've got to argue. Basically, Surely, I'm going to make it hard you. The most horrendous, <laughs> no talent phonies of all time. You know, Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's PA. Paris Hilton did a sex tape, became famous. Kim Kardashian did a sex tape, became famous. She is the sort of the, the other end of the world of talent. She's the. You hellish, don't like talent. This is the world of celebrity when it becomes vapid and creepy and these people are the living embodiment of it so what you're saying is you hate the modern world and the public i hate them <laughs> that means they you are guys, the most yeah, popular show on the e-channel popularity uh, doesn't mean anything no so you are saying you hate democracy and the public no i'm saying. not saying that uh, okay and do you think that they are it's what they stand for they don't stand for talent. Are they talent. worse than anybody they, else doing similar stuff? No, they're, they're, they're probably, well, let's put it this way, they're the best of the worst in terms of <laughs> if they're the, the successful. There's, this is, they're also, you know, the epitome of the, uh, the, the no concept, no format reality show. Mm. These are just people with a camera making up things. It's all fucking make, made up, it's all scripted, and it's all bullshit. So she's not even married to Kanye West? No, apparently <laughs> not. Um, I'm going to ask the audience then, so... I think that they have been three fairly credible suggestions for the wild card. What I would like you to do is make as much noise for the one you want to win. So there's no point in doing it for all three. Uh, mm. The one that you want to win, i.e. the one that should go into 101. I'm going to get instant okay. feedback on this. Now, no, right? instant feedback. So give some instant feedback should that be the uh, thing that goes into room 101. Okay? Okay. <laughs> Muted, unlike Twitter. Uh, John Whittingdale. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And the Kardashians. <laughs> <laughs> People have spoken.
Exactly. I think quite a lot of people went for so John Wickendale and the Kardashians <laughs> yeah. in a uh, controversial break with the former. I think they should both go into room oh, 101. There we go. Oh, shit. I think you might quite enjoy that, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Helen. Thank you, Nick. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this edition of The Guru. Subscribe now and never miss another episode. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud and all podcatching apps. Next time on the programme, we'll be pitching a movie. Join us for an unforgettable evening with Cariad Lloyd and a cast of comic improvisers as they make up a film on the spot. Plus, comedian Nick Helm talks about writing and directing his BAFTA-nominated short film, Elephant. Until then, thanks to event programmers Susie Lambert and Cam Candola Flynn. My name is Rihanna Dillon and the producer was Matt Hill. See ya! The Guru. 